welcome to Thrive Life Podcast. I'm your host, Roar Alexander. Thank you for tuning in on this fun episode. So, I have an awesome episode coming up for you. I'm hoping that you look forward to it too. Sorry I've been away a while. I know I keep getting off track, but I'm hopefully back now and back on track, and I have some great guests coming up for you in a little while too. So, do a few little updates first. Number one is I am off in about two weeks. So depending on when you're listening to this, uh, November the 14th, I will be flying to Bangalore, India to meet with Hollywood's top trainer, Ramona Berganza. Uh, you may remember her from a previous podcast. I believe she was on two or three episodes ago. So make sure you uh, go check that out, especially if you're a woman. We talk a lot about women's fitness and that. So if you're a woman or if you would like your girlfriend or wife to uh, learn a little bit more about fitness and how you know Ramona gets her top trainers, top celebrities into shape, then make sure you definitely check out that uh, episode. So I'm going to be meeting with her and we're going to go through and we're doing some really neat stuff. I'm doing a little bit of research in India on some of the um, things they do over there. You know that uh, I, you, if you know, I've been in Asia for quite a while now and one of the things I like to do is I like to see what all the different countries have to offer when it comes to uh, health and happiness and wellness because we all know that most other countries are doing much better than say the USA when it comes to health and fitness even though they're the ones that are uh, writing all the books I've talked about doing all the TV shows talking about all the articles and bringing all the YouTube videos on how to be happy and how to be healthy they are in the worst shape which is uh, actually what today's episode is about but we're going to get back to that in a little while we don't need to touch on that quite yet but what I'll be doing in India is uh, I'm going to be with Ramona. We're going to be going to an Ayurvedic medicine uh, re- retreat. We'll be spending a couple of days learning all about ancient India alternative medicine. And then from there, we're going to be heading to Mysore, where we're going to be doing some meditation at a special pyramid meditation uh, camp there as well, eating the vegetarian-based uh, food. So that should be a lot of fun. going to be upping my meditation game big time. I'm looking forward to doing some meditation on top of a pyramid Uh, outside of Bangalore. So that should be a lot of fun. And while we're there, of course, we're also delivering a workshop to some of the... uh to the public there, some of the men and women on how to lose weight, the Western style, a little bit of an East meets West. This time we're going to be bringing a little more of the West to the East, where most of the time, you know, with this podcast and with all my videos on Instagram and Facebook, I'm usually bringing the East to the West. So that should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. Besides that, not much more, guys. Um, I have a very special guest coming up, but I don't want to say who quite yet because we still have to confirm the date and the time. So I don't want that to fall apart. And then we have a recording saying that I have her coming on. But she's going to be very exciting and going to be talking about a lot of the problems with that ketogenic and paleolithic diet that's going around right now. So if you know me, I am not a big fan of the... uh, new revolution of the ketogenic diet we all know that uh it had its day in the uh atkins kind of uh late 90s early 2000s and it went away and yet now a few uh smarter business type people have managed to bring out some better products that are better aimed at it so of course it's made a second comeback with that a lot of pyramid sort of uh, marketing scams around it. So well, I shouldn't say marketing scams, but a lot of pyramid style marketing around it. I know a lot of uh, CrossFit coaches and other coaches in positions of authority who are pushing these products and not saying that they don't believe in them. They do believe in them 100%. But we're going to be talking about why I think why the ketogenic diet may help you. And people argue with me all the time. Yo, I got a six pack from it. I lost away from it. You know what? That's great. I'm happy you did. But the fact is, you know, uh, 
How'd you do that? You stopped drinking beer and you stopped eating sugar and you stopped eating other crap where the fact is guys that almost every diet in the world works for a while it works. So, you know me, I'm all about the Mediterranean, Mediterranean style, high vegetable based diet. I'm turning much more towards the vegetarian way myself, which has been proven time and time again through hundreds, if not thousands of years to work the best. So if you haven't done any research, definitely check out the Mediterranean diet, the Mediterranean diet. And also while you're there, make sure you check out the Blue Zone diet. Now I tend not to talk about Blue Zone a lot because it's a trademark term, uh, which I think is kind of silly to trademark a term um, over some cities, but that's the fact, that's what it's called. But these are kind of longevity zones where people have been shown to live the longest. Um, don't want to say the average is 100, but the average is significantly higher than the West with a higher number percentage-wise of centarians as people who live over 100. So make sure you check that out. And I don't think any of them know what a ketogenic diet is. So just keep that between you and me. But what is today's episode about? Well, today we're talking about an article that just came out in the Bloomberg Report about three days ago entitled, Americans are retiring later, dying sooner, and sicker in between. The U.S. life expectancy is declining, new calculations show. So what are we talking about here? Well, this is basically a study that has shown us that the same people who are constantly telling us how to be healthy and how to be happy are the same people who are dying earlier, working longer, and being more sick, and whose health is on the major decline. Now, we all know the USA uh, held the number one position for obesity for, well, almost ever for the most part. Um, And now Australia has taken over, yet they're also the ones that have taken over when it comes to a lot of the fitness and the products that are out there. So it seems that the, 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 the fat kid is telling everybody how to get healthy. So thank you, Australia, and thank you, America, and thank you, Canada, while you're at it, because you're right in there, too, even though you're in a bit of denial, which... Uh, you know, I've talked about as well, where we always love to, uh, I'm Canadian, but we love to point the finger down at the U.S. and pretend that we are uh, squeaky clean, even though we are the 10th largest air polluter in the world with a population the size of basically the city of Jakarta. So we are definitely not anybody who can point the finger, but let's talk about this study today. So basically what it says, this article, is that the American lifespans are getting shorter and the health is declining. The health is declining as millions face shorter and less active retirement than their parents. The mortality rate rose an average of 1.2% from 2014 to 2017. So where traditionally what's happened is the uh, age of mortality uh, goes higher and higher, this is the first time it's actually started to sink lower. Now, another thing to talk about is the amount of Americans working. So where the retirement age used to be 65 is now 66, there are a significant amount of Americans, one in three actually, that are still working between the ages of 55, sorry, 65 and 69 years old. So that's one in three. And even one in five are working in their early 70s. So in other words, people are getting forced to work longer Uh, mostly for economical reasons. So now this is the catch. Working longer is actually not a bad thing in most of these uh, longevity zones. And you talk to many old people, they will tell you that they actually enjoy working. And a lot of them work up almost to the day they die. Differences, of course, they cut down to usually just a few hours a week. And the big difference is they actually enjoy their work. So these are people that will enjoy their livelihood. Quite often, it's kind of a traditional family livelihood that they've uh, passed down the generations, but they still take part of it. So 
Working longer is definitely not a bad thing. There's actually lots of evidence that shows us that working longer uh, and staying kind of involved mentally actually keeps your uh, brain working better and you have less chance of Alzheimer's. There's so many people, statistics show that when people retire, their brain starts to decline quite rapidly. So while working, in my opinion, is not necessarily a bad thing, when you have to work and you don't want to at a job you don't like, you're going to get into some problems. So that is where we're coming at. So imagine you are 65, 66, 68 years old, still having to work at a job you don't like. That is what's going to lead to some issues, and those are the issues that we're going to be talking about. So Americans 50 years old, so basically they, when they looked at Americans in their 50s, and they have more trouble with ADL or activity of daily living than the same group did 10 to 20 years ago. So what is ADL? Well, that's just simple things like walking across the room, getting dressed, bathing yourself, and even eating. With a jump of 12.5% more people saying they have problems with that. So these are people in their only their 50s who are reporting problems with just the simple activities of daily life. Now, they asked the Americans, you know, what they thought. So they asked people between 58, 60, uh, one quarter of Americans, age 58 to 60 years old, they asked them to rate their health, and they rated their health as only poor or fair. So that means 25% of the people asked only rated themselves as poor or fair. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think I've ever really clicked fair on anything. Fair is, uh, you know, it's basically one step above fair. Poor, uh, sorry, one step you know, above poor. Basically, it's, well, it's not really good, so it's fair, I guess, kind of like when you do a Facebook call and, you know, the, you can get through the conversation, but it's not very good and you're a little bit stressed and it's kind of annoying, so it asks you to rate it. I mean, well, it wasn't really poor, but it was fair. It definitely wasn't good, so that we definitely don't want to be fair. So now let's talk about the cognitive skills. So cognitive skills are on the decline as well. At 66 years old, 11% of those questioned were already reporting some dementia or other cognitive decline. So 11%, okay? That's one in over, one in every 10 or one in every like 9.95 people are reporting some kind of dementia or other cognitive decline. Now, that leads us to some more actually uh, alarming news. Depression. Depression rates are at 8.3 million people in the United States, or roughly 3.4% of the total population says that they suffer from chronic depression and anxiety affects, they say now, up to 40 million Americans or 18% of the population. Now, here's where the depression, uh, we can see it's making some major issues. We have suicide rates that are up by 24%. You heard me right. Between the years of 1999 and 2014, Suicide rates, particularly amongst teenagers, actually, has gone up very high. But also another group of interest is women aged 45 to 64 jumped up by 63% over the old average. So that's a 63% jump. And for men in that same age group, it was about 43%. So we can see that suicides are going up, which, of course, has to be heavily related to depression. You don't find too many happy people committing suicide. So some alarming rates from the people who bring us the books on happiness and health. So now what we want to do is let's take a look at 
Why? Why are these things happening? Now, everybody out there and their brother has got studies going on and everybody's trying to find the silver bullet of why. And the fact is, guys, there is no silver bullet. What we have here is a combination of a whole bunch of factors that literally sew in and out of each other. So there is no such thing as one, okay? If you are injured, usually injured people aren't very happy about being injured, so then they have a little bit of a, you know, they, they, then they, they get a little bit depressed, they get a little bit, uh, you know, unhappy, let's say. From there, people tend to make bad choices. So is it? Is it the injury? Is it the way you think about the injury? Is it the way you act because of the way you think about the injury? So as you can see, it's not a simple solution of, you know, it can't just say, well, it's just the diet or it's just the exercise or it's just this or it's just that. So I've put together kind of my top list of things that I think are personally affecting all these numbers. And the reason why Western culture is dropping the ball big time when it comes to health and fitness. And this is stuff that you are not seeing in many other countries. Or if you are, it's much smaller percentages because a lot of these problems are Western lifestyle problems. That is a fact, okay? I've lived throughout Asia. They have much less of a problem with, you know, just number one, for instance, movement. Daily movement and daily exercise. One of the problems with the West is that We've gone around telling people that exercise is the key. We're, as trainers, we're all out there telling everybody it's all about exercise and getting into the gym and working out hard and doing hit, doing CrossFit, all that sort of stuff. But the fact is, it's not. You look in any of these longevity zones, any of these what they call blue zones, those people have never seen the inside of a gym, yet they're living well into their 80s, 90s, and even into their hundreds. So... We have a lack of just daily movement overall. That just means physical activity. When you go to the, you know, the, what we call the quote-unquote less fortunate countries, you're going to see a lot more of them carrying water buckets, a lot more people walking, even Hong Kong. You know, Hong Kong, you go there. Hong Kong is definitely not a lower-income country. But, you know, a lot more people are walking there. There's lots of walking even through the BTSs and the trams. There's just tons of walking there. So Asia is very big on walking. And you'll see people all the time. You go up to the rural areas. They're carrying buckets of water. They're out there in the fields. You know, they're gardening. When they look at the people in Okinawa, the people of Okinawa, Okinawa is one of the top five places in the world. They're, they're just gardening. They're just they're taking walks every day. Now, my friend... Her grandma, I believe she said, was 91 years old. And she literally told my, her this the other day. She said, the best news or the best advice a doctor ever gave to me was just to walk more. Simple as that. Now, how many of you are like, holy crap, I've never heard a doctor just tell somebody just to walk more. Usually it's take some pills. She said the best advice she ever got. And it has helped her. And she's smiling. She's happy. And she's active as can be at 91 years old. On top of that... You have my grandmother, who has a small horse ranch in Victoria, kind of in the mountains of Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. And she is in her late 80s. I can't remember exactly what her age is, uh, but she's in her late 80s. Now, she doesn't have horses anymore because they take a lot of effort. Um, but what she's still doing is she's still taking walks all the time. And she even goes still swimming every now and then in the cold water lake. There's this very cold water lake because, like I said, she's up in a mountain. And she'll still go swimming in that. Now, one of the other things that we're going to get into a little bit is something else she does, but we're going to wait for that because that's going to be coming down the line. So movement is very important. Getting in that physical activity, okay? Taking walks, 
doing more, not sitting in chairs. Now, we're not talking about the sitting in the new standing. We're not talking about just, you know, standing at a standing desk. That doesn't do a whole lot better either. The key is movement, and the key is change of position. So when I record this podcast, I am always standing. So right now, I am standing, but sometimes I have a little bar stool beside me that I kind of sit or lean on, and then I do stretches in the meantime as well. So quite often, of course, you can't see me, but I'll be doing little lunges, and I'm just shaking back and forth from side to side. So just getting in your movement, guys, is big. You know, we come home, we just sit down, you know, we sit in an office all day long, and then we, you know, we sit on a desk or a chair, and then we come home and we sit on another chair, and then we get super tight and we turn off all of our muscles. So movement is a big one. You know, the movement's been shown. The more you move, the better you, you are regulating your blood sugar levels, the better you have an insulin response. So moving, and that's just feeling better. So it starts, you know, from first thing in the morning, having a nice morning stretch. If you watch my YouTube channel, you watch my blogs, I talk all the time about just a little bit of morning movement. I have my five-minute morning movement a video on YouTube that I've posted. Now, you don't have to watch my video. I actually don't even usually watch my video. There's um, quite a few yoga workouts I do. If you type in yoga morning on, say, YouTube, you're going to find tons of five to ten minute simple yoga things that you can do at home. You don't need all the special stuff. You can do this at home on your carpet if you want to throw down a towel. There is no excuse that you cannot do yoga or Pilates or some kind of little core stretch at home. Absolutely no reason whatsoever. So getting off the gym and getting into more daily movement and just enjoying movement for the sake that you're not in a bed and you're not in a wheelchair that you can actually move. So that is a big one. Number two is nutrition. So by the way, these aren't in any particular order because I would actually argue if it was, I'd probably put movement a little bit down the line. Uh, I'd probably put nutrition and a couple of the others actually at the top. So these are in no particular order. It just happened to be the way I write them. Now, nutrition. Let's talk about some simple things first, okay? Crappy choices. We are making crappy, crappy choices, okay? We are picking the junk foods. We're picking the uh, sugar-laden foods. We're picking the foods that are high in trans fats. Okay, KFC, everybody, they're still out there, still packing away the trans fats. We're still eating French fries, potato chips, Twix bars, Oreos. We're still eating junk. Now, you're listening to this, and this is the thing. You are probably not. This is where we, the biggest problem we have is we think it's changing but it's not, because this is my challenge to you. Go to the grocery store, and I'm not talking about one of those grocery stores like Whole Foods, you know, or Choices, where you're going to walk in, and all everybody there is health-minded. I'm talking about the big grocery stores. Go to the Walmart. Go to Costco. Go to those kind of grocery stores, the big, big ones, okay? The ones that the general, normal, highest percentage of the population goes to, and take a look at their carts, okay? And that's, you're going to see, that is the truth, that is the truth about what people are eating. It's going to be full of Doritos, Kraft Dinner, White Wonder Bread. Let's face it, guys. If these things still weren't popular, if, if this, the whole gluten-free thing was really popular with the general people, there'd be a lot less white bread on the shelves, yet there isn't. There'd be a lot less white pasta, but there isn't. Everything that was out there, Fruit Loops, Kellogg's, Corn Flakes, you know, Captain Crunch, it's still there. It hasn't gone anywhere. It's still there. There's just some other healthier choices plopped around it. But the fact is, those aren't going down. Just some of the healthier choices, the people who are healthy-minded, are going up. So, crappy choices. Number two 
is when we make those choices, they're just freaking huge, okay? We're making these gigantic choices. When you're in Asia here, I'm in Thailand currently. Now, when I get my morning cup of coffee, the coffee here, the average cup of coffee, now, this is not true if you go to Starbucks. If you go to the American Starbucks, okay, or even if I visit the Philippines, I go to Tim Hortons, which is a Canadian one, they have the standard American and Canadian sizes, the tall, grande, and the vente. No, I am talking about traditional coffee. So you go to the street coffee or you go to the regular coffee places, your morning cup of coffee is literally about 25% bigger than a Dixie cup. Yes, those little cups that you, you, know, you can buy with the cartoon characters on it that you used to have as a kid when you would uh, rinse out your mouth with some scope. Your parents would buy it for you. Huge waste of the environment, by the way. Do not buy Dixie cups. Just learn to cup the water in your hand. But we're getting off track there. But the cup of coffee is literally only the size of about 25% bigger than a Dixie cup. I can take three of those and place them into the small of a Tim Hortons coffee. Your typical Tim Hortons or Starbucks tall coffee fits three of my morning coffees. So our choices, our selections, the, the foods we're making, the amounts are just gigantic. So that's another major problem. You look around and everything is just huge. You have these gigantic Slurpees and then you know, the pricings of things don't even make sense. You can get a two-liter bottle of Coca-Cola for 99 cents. You get a 500-mil bottle of water is $1.29, even though the Coca-Cola has water in it. It's like 99% water. It really doesn't even make sense. So the same water they're putting in the Coca-Cola is the same water they're putting in the Dasani. But for some reason, it's just costing less. So, you know, bad choices and then when we make those choices we're eating way too much now i've been through asia they eat a lot of junk food here too in fact they have some growing numbers of diabetes and obesity but actually the fact is it's actually been linked a lot of it to the western food that is slowly moving in here but here's the thing even in traditional areas when they do eat junk food it's very small amounts everything here is significantly smaller the most popular kit kat bars are just a two-finger kit kat they do have the five-finger ones, but you never see anybody buying them. It's always just the two. Everything here is significantly smaller. So when they're making choices, uh, bad choices, those choices are always a lot smaller. So the amount of food we're eating in the United States just doesn't even make sense. So from there, we move on to confusion and ignorance. Like I said, the average person on the street is ignorant to the stuff that you know. They don't understand. They don't even know that there is a debate about gluten. They don't know there is a debate about ketogenic versus glycogen. They have no idea that any of this stuff is happening. The normal person on the street has no clue. You use the word ketosis. They're going to stare at you like you, you've made up some weird word. They don't understand what we're talking about. They are completely ignorant. They, they, they don't even know these things exist. So we have to understand that the fitness and the health industry is a niche market. We're all talking and we're all in that same 5%, but we think the other 95% is well aware of what we 5% know and they're not. The 95% has no clue. And I'll tell you this, the guy who one day can get a hold, the guy or the girl that can figure out a way to get into that 95%, he is going to be a quadzillionaire. I promise you that. Because right now, we're all sitting around fighting each other. You've got a gym and you're trying to get the members from the other gym and everybody's trying to fight. I'm going to get your members. You want to get my members. I want to take your client. You want to take my client. You know, I want to get you out of Whole Foods. I want to bring you over to Choices. 
we're all fighting for that 5% because none of us have any clue how to reach the 95%. The 95% that's never going to pick up a dumbbell, never going to pick up a kettlebell, never going to put a barbell on their back. We have no clue how to reach those. That 95% who's never going to adopt a ketogenic lifestyle or even a longevity-based lifestyle, a Mediterranean-based lifestyle. We have no idea how to get through to them. And then finally, those that do understand, those that are interested, are so confused. We really, they have no idea what's going on. Is it paleo? Is it low-carb? Is it ketogenic? Is ketogenic low-carb? Is low-carb paleo? Is paleo a low-carb diet? No, paleo is not a low-carb diet. I can pound away bananas all day long. Definitely not low-carb, but they're paleo-friendly. So paleo is definitely not a low-carb diet, and that's where people get it confused a lot. Ketogenic diet, almost everybody thinks they're on a ketogenic diet right now that's eating you know, a few less Oreos. The fact is, to be at a ketogenic diet, you can only be at 20 or 30 grams of carbohydrates per day. Nearly impossible for most people. So what most people are on is kind of a cycling, ignorant, low-carb diet where they basically just stop eating a bunch of bread and cookies and think they're going into ketosis. But we're not really talking about that. What we're talking about is just the confusion, you know, coconut oil is it good or bad we're all going around it's good and then this major newspaper article comes out that tells you how bad it is for you so when the people are interested in what is healthy and what is not healthy we as fitness professionals nutrition professionals we go and confuse the hell out of them that's what we do even the stuff that i'm going to be telling you that somebody else is going to be telling you is not true so the thing is you can never win so even right now, I'm literally confusing you. I'm confusing everybody out there that's listening to this right now because I'm going to tell you one thing and you're going to turn around and hear something different from somebody else. So we're all confused. Moving on from that, we jump into sort of similar yet not similar and chemicals, the chemicals in food and water. Again, this is another one of those places of massive debate with the scientists saying that many of the things that you know, have been theorized or that some people say are bad for us. They run around saying they're good because here's the problem with scientists. Now, I'm not going to bash on scientists because there's a problem with both. The problem with scientists, we'll start with, though, is that they need everything to be black and white. There could be no room for guessing. So for them, it has to be proven or not proven. If it's not proven, then it's not true. That doesn't necessarily, that is not right. Some of these things take years and years to build up. So doing a six-week study is not going to give you the effects. But if you think and use some common sense, uh, eating a lot of these, placing chemicals into your body, chemicals, for instance, that are made to kill bacteria, and then we're eating them, and then we have gut bacteria, and then saying, well, there's no evidence that it hurts that bacteria, even though it kills all the other bacteria on the outside before you eat it, makes no sense so we have to use some common sense look at artificial sweeteners i think we can all for the most part use common sense to say you know what probably not a good idea to take artificial sweeteners that basically trick our brains into thinking it's sweets probably not a good idea now has there been proof that say aspartame gives us brain cancer no and there's a lot of evidence that says it does not so levels of brain cancer as people used to say aspartame created did not go up so while there's no proof of that there is proof that people who use it as a weight loss method don't do any better and actually maybe off worse because it signals the brain that you're getting something sweet but then your stomach realizes something's not sweet and causes you to overeat 
And now evidence is coming out that it kills the bacteria in your stomach. So it's going to kill that beneficial gut flora that you need. Now, has that been 100% proven yet? No. Has anybody sat down? It's just like cigarettes. I said, well, there, there is empirical evidence right there that it is killing the bacteria. It's black and white. No, there hasn't been that yet. But there is quite a bit of evidence and there's some pretty smart theorization that that could be true. So we can sit around and wait for it to be black and white. Meanwhile, all of our gut bacteria could be dead or we could be proactive and we could avoid that sort of thing. So I think sometimes putting on your common sense hat, you know, is something that's very important. Now, on the flip side, we also can't be one of these people that thinks that every single thing that we read on the Internet is bad for us because then we go crazy. So GMOs is one. I, for the most part, am not too anti-GMO. Honestly, I'm not going to sit there and go to the grocery store and look through every single food and wonder if it's GMO-based or not because the fact is eating vegetables and fruits is better than not eating them. So I would rather eat GMO corn and GMO peas and GMO carrots than not eat fruit and vegetables. Now, a lot of the GMOs are actually, there's been lots of, there's been lots of beneficial reasons they've made GMOs. They've made GMOs so food can stay fresh longer. They've made GMOs that um, basically you know, scare away certain sorts of pests or, or critters that you don't want to come around and destroy it. Um, that are more resilient to droughts and things like that. So GMOs are not necessarily a bad thing. Um, they're not nearly the Frankenstein foods that we like to think. Now, when we get into meat and animal products, then we get on a whole different level. But the chemicals in our food and in our water and even in our air are causing a lot of problems. For instance, the pesticides and the herbicides uh, are creating tons of issues. And they're what they call endocrine disruptors or things that mess up the hormones in your body. So currently, I'm actually working on a free three-part series that you can get through my website very soon where I talk about many of the different common household chemicals that we're actually getting. And then so part one, I actually discussed the chemicals themselves and a lot of them where they're coming from. Part two, we discuss how we can clean out your house. And then part three, we talk about how we can just optimize your house. So some of the things that, you know, we have in our homes are xenoestrogens or synthetic estrogens that basically, you know, um, simulate uh, real estrogen, which can cause a lot of problems in your body. Um, there are so many we can go over. Dioxins, for instance, in meat are part of the dirty dozen. There's been a ton of uh, evidence that they cause reproductive uh, issues, lower sperm quality, and immune system damage. On top of that, of course, you've heard of BPA or bisphenol, bisphenol A. Now, great that we got rid of bisphenol A, but unfortunately, there's still bisphenol C, uh, sorry, bisphenol S, which is even worse. And the fact is, there's actually BPA, BPAB, BPAF, bisphenol P, BP, bisphenol C, bisphenol E, F, N, G, M, S, P, P, H, and even... Um, bisphenol Z. So the fact is we've kicked out, you know, we've kicked out one chemical and we've actually placed in its place something that could potentially be worse. Then of course you have PC, um, PFCs, you have organophosphate pesticides, you have flame retardants, atrazine, benzene, tons of these chemicals that are in our food, in our drinking water, and even in our air, the air that we are breathing that causes hormone problems. If you know anything about hormones, hormones are the things that turn on and off. Hormones control, do I put on muscle? Do I lose fat? Hormones control, am I happy or am I sad? So the fact is that 
what is in our food nowadays through mass production is what is causing a lot of problems. Now, are you necessarily overweight because they're using, say, you know, a Roundup in your corn? Probably not, but it's definitely not helping the matter. The fact is, estrogen and you have higher estrogen makes it harder to lose weight and we are getting massive amounts of xenoestrogens through our foods and especially through chemicals that we have in lots of our daily household items so if you want to learn more about that make sure you go and check out my uh, three-part series it's a video series uh, the first part uh, is just available right through the youtube page and it'll also be on my facebook page and i'll also be posting it to the thrive life podcast page on facebook and then to get the next parts, you just simply give me your email address, jump in there, and you get parts two and three. So from there, we're going to move on to lifestyle and the lifestyle choices that we're making. So like I said, we have a lot of problems when it comes to lifestyle choices nowadays. So, you know, not moving, not making the correct nutrition, but then, you know, eating chemicals and not worrying about the chemicals in our foods, but also things just like light our light exposure affects hormones so we're staying up later all the time or we're getting less sleep less sleep is a choice it is a choice for you to not turn on the tv or turn off the tv but it's also a little bit of ignorance on our part because let's say you turn off the tv at 10 o'clock your chances are you're not going to be going to sleep at 10 15 because that blue light has stimulated your brain. So if you actually want to be asleep by 10 p.m. or 10.30, you have to start your sleep hygiene at 8 o'clock. So for those of you that know at my place, and I've talked about this on my Instagram and on my Facebook, I actually use red light. So at 8 p.m., our regular lights go off and the red lights go on on the uh, iPhone and everything like that. I jump into the um, night mode. So on the laptop, we have iFlux. And then if we're watching the TV, we literally have a setting on our television that we click on that turns the brightness to half. Now, if you have bright lights on, then the TV is really hard to see. But when we switch to the red lights, you can see the TV almost as clear as when it was on in the first place. The reason why you can't do the red part on the TV is because the TV doesn't have uh, apps on it. So there is no app to get your TV to turn a more red tinge like you can on your laptop or your iPad or your iPhone or Samsung or whatever. But you can turn the brightness down by half. And that has dramatically made big changes with us. So... We have, you know, blue light, and then, like I said before, the nutrition, the chemicals, the movement, and then also social media. And this has been theorized to be a large part of depression and anxiety. Because one of the biggest problems we have in the West, and this has been kind of that whole push towards this, I guess they want to call it the minimalist movement now. They always have to name something, you know, that, that's, a, that's nothing. So, you know, for instance... I guess I'm a minimalist now, even though a few years ago I made the very conscious decision that everything I had in my life was basically going to be able to fit into my Jeep. Um, and that's all I care about. When I move back to Vancouver uh, at the end of next year, I'm going to be uh, having a house with absolutely no furniture in it. So we're going to be having no furniture. We're going to be using a Japanese futon. I'm going to be using a Japanese-style dining room table. Uh, and zero furniture and very minimal amounts of stuff. For me, what I care about is a kitchen now this is another thing too being a minimalist you know i don't really have a rant on this but you know it doesn't necessarily mean you don't have a lot of stuff it just means you don't have anything that's not really important to you that's the big thing so being able to travel around is more important to me than you know having a big screen tv and having a bunch of xboxes that's just my personal opinion 
But let's go back to the social media again and comparison. What we're talking about here is comparing ourselves to other people. See, this is the thing. On Facebook and Instagram, you are getting snapshots of people's best days. You're getting their healthy meals. You're getting their successes. You're getting their highs. Very, very rarely does anybody post their lows. So, you know, I post, and everybody's guilty of this. Everybody does it. You know, my Instagram is packed with purple yams, you know, and different foods I make. I tend not to take a picture of when I'm buying, you know, uh, Swenson's ice cream. But every now and then I do because I don't want to hide it. I'm not one of those people that's going to pretend I don't do it. So quite often, more or less on my Facebook, you'll see. I think there was a picture of me I posted today uh, drinking a beer. Um, you know, so I have no problem doing that. But even then, you know, people aren't going to post those really bad days. Nobody's going to have a really terrible day where they're just feeling down and they're going to post about it. So we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people whether it's in real life, you know, whether your neighbor gets a new shiny car and you don't have a car, or whether it's your friends making fun of you because they got some new Xbox game and, and you don't have it yet. So you get all this anxiety built up and you get all frustrated because you can't get it. So we're playing Keeping Up with the Joneses and we're playing My Life is Not as Good as This Guy's Life because I saw it on Facebook. And there's literally been stories about people who've posted on Facebook something amazing and then, you know, somebody will see them an hour later and it turns out that entire post was a lie and they were just telling it because they had to kind of promote this image that everything was going great even though their boyfriend had broken up with them that day and things were going terrible and they were just having a terrible day. So we have this cognitive issue right now where we are constantly trying to compare ourselves or one-up our neighbors and we really have to get over that we really have to say you know what let them have that because that's not something that is important to me I don't care we have this invisible competition going on that nobody has forced us to be in except ourselves and our egos so that's a major problem and that I guarantee you is leading to a big source of this depression Depression and social media use are going up hand in hand. They're almost parallel to each other. So you cannot tell me, while there may be no empirical evidence, scientists, that that is a fact, I think it's a pretty foregone conclusion that I don't really need studies on. So you guys can, you know, cancel the studies if you haven't planned because I'm pretty sure we can assume that I'm right. So from there, we kind of move on to the next part, and that's kind of where I was talking about my grandma earlier, and that's where we get back into it. A lot of people just don't have a purpose of life anymore. Like I said earlier, people are working at jobs that they hate. Okay, People are working at jobs that they don't like. They dread going into work. They come home, they sleep, they go back to work. You know, They look forward to their two weekends a year. They're doing stuff they hate. They have no purpose. And if you're going to live like that, then your life is just going to suck. If you really dread your life and dread going in and out of work, then figure out what it is that makes you tick and makes you happy. What would you do if somebody was not going to pay you? If, you, if I gave you a million dollars today and said, I want you to go do the thing that makes you happy, what is it going to be? Now, I'm not saying you have to go out there and quit your job. You have a family and you're doing, you know, you have mortgage to pay. I'm not telling you to go and quit. But is there something you can do in the meantime that can start working in that direction? Is there something you can work on for 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes every two days? Maybe work on it for an hour on Thursdays and an hour on Sundays. Is there something you can do? 
that's going to make you happy, that's going to give you some purpose and some drive. Uh, now, along with that, we have community involvement. One of the things they talked about when they looked at the people in these longevity zones, and they, they looked at, you know, it's not just because they're eating purple yams or because they're, you know, they're only eating fish and they're not eating red meat. That was a part of it. It's not because they're doing gardening work every single day and they're moving around. The biggest point was they were, had a purpose of life and they were involved still with the community because quite often purpose and community go together. So that's where we get back to my grandma. My grandma at 80 something years old goes about, I think it's once or twice a week, she drives into the town and she actually goes and visits the old people in the elderly homes. Some of these people are younger than her. So she is going to visit people that are younger than her, but she's staying actively involved and she extremely enjoys it. She finds it enlightening and she finds it enlightening that they find it enlightening and they like it when she comes to visit. So she is keeping involved with the community in her way by going and you know tr talking to people and spending time with people that are her age and just making them just feel better. So that's it, guys. That's really about it. The last point I had was doing what you enjoy, but I, I just kind of covered that. So that was kind of in my purpose of life. So find your purpose. Move more. Eat better. Eat smaller. Decide, am I actually full or am I just like stuffing myself because the food's here? Start doing smaller portions and just keep yourself busy. Honestly, you're not even going to notice. Um, you know, don't worry about all the confusion, okay? Now, now, I can't really even talk about this because if I say, you know, eat more vegetables, eat more fruits, some guys are going to tell you not to do that because you're going to have people to say, well, you shouldn't eat more fruits because fruits are full of sugar, fruits are for fructose, and fructose, and, you know, brings up your blood lipid level. Just eat more vegetables, guys. Drink lots of clean water, okay? That's it. Eat lots of vegetables, drink clean water. Just try to eat real foods. I think what everybody can agree on, whether you're on ketogenic, paleo, whatever it is, eating real foods, things that grow, you know, out of the ground, things that do not come naturally inside boxes or saran wraps, things that you usually have to kind of, you pick up and you have to brush it off a little bit and you place it into your paper or plastic bag to bring home. That's the kind of stuff you want to be eating. Learn about chemicals. So go to my website, okay, and download, sorry, check out that first video. Uh, watch that first video, the first part of three, and then just plop your email address in there, okay? and get yourself parts two and part three get at least get on the email list um that's not gonna uh, nothing's up quite yet so this is going a little, a little bit early this is all going to be on next week okay so but right now i'm giving you a heads up that this is all going to be on there next week so part one you'll be able to get next week get on the email list for parts two and three in the meantime do a little bit of research. Start learning, asking yourself, what can I fix in my lifestyle? Maybe I'm being lazy. Can I do a little bit of stretching in the morning? Can I turn off the lights a little bit earlier? Can I, you know, cut down on the amount of TV if I watch? You know, I had this saying that I heard once. I don't know who said it, but basically it said, if it's not worth, if it's not worth getting up extra early for, it's not worth staying up late for. So if you're watching this show and it's going to like 11 o'clock, and you don't want to go to bed at 10, ask yourself, well, would I get up at, say, 6 a.m. to finish watching this show? If the answer is no, then it's not worth staying up for either. So don't just watch TV for the sake of watching television and then screw up your brain and screw up your sleep. And then finally, guys, find your purpose of life. Get out there and find the things that you enjoy doing make them happen. Maybe it's 10 minutes a day. Maybe it's 20 minutes a day. Maybe it's quitting your job, telling everybody to F off and just moving on to enjoy doing what you're doing. Anyways, guys, hope you enjoyed this. Lots to think about. Lots of things we got to fix out there. And now, like I said, 
the 5% of you, you guys know this. You have to help me share with the other 95% who have no clue, who are never going to listen to this podcast. The fact is, guys, nobody is listening to this podcast that is not in the health and fitness. So the 95% people that I want to talk to right now are the people that I'm not talking to. So I'm talking to you, who already knows a lot of this stuff, you who's already interested in this. It's our job to get out there and share it. Last thing. Make sure that you go to my website. I'm also having new Fiverr workout coming out, okay? Fiverr.com. Uh, I'll have a link to it on the website as well. It's my new at-home workout. There's only going to be three price points, 5 bucks, 10 bucks, 15 bucks. Now, here's the best part. First of all, it's an amazing workout. This is a 10-week transformation workout, whether it's inside your gym or inside your home. Okay, you get two workouts with that, but $5 from everyone I sell goes into my Help Everyone Thrive charity initiative where it's my goal to build gyms or improve outdoor fitness centers, outdoor gyms, outdoor areas and lower level communities. So lower income communities or to children or to the elderly. It's just whoever, whoever is in need, I'm going to be there to help them in some way whether it's getting some health and fitness education out there because I'm trying to get to that 95%. So Help Everyone Thrive is a charity to get to the other 95%. So 5% from everything that I do, all my businesses, 5% goes into it. So that's the us. That's the 5%. So we have, we're putting our 5% in to, that, you know, to get to the other 95%. But on the Fiverr.com, $5 from everyone I sell. So what does that mean? That means if you buy the $5 program, I make zero. And I'm not telling you, I'm not trying to guilt you into going buying the $10 and the $15 one. Buy the $5 one if you want, okay? I don't care. I'm not doing this for the money. I, don't, I didn't go on to Fiverr because I'm like, oh boy, I'm going to be a millionaire from Fiverr. You know, it's a, it's a $5 website. Let's face it. Nobody becomes a millionaire through Fiverr. But this is the way that I can provide an amazing piece of product, an amazing product, some amazing value, and I can start to build up my charity money. So that's why I'm doing it. Not because I want to make a bunch of money off Fiverr. I don't care. Buy the $5 one. Do I want you to buy the $15 one? Hell yeah. And there's a lot of great stuff. You get a lot of bonuses if you buy that $15 one, okay? But worst case, guys, please at least buy the $5 one. Help me support. Let's us, the 5%, help the 95%. Anyways, guys, be coming at you again very soon with another episode of the Thrive Life Podcast. I'm Roar Alexander. Remember to visit me at www.roaralexander.com. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and of course, and as always, YouTube. I'll talk to you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Thrive Life Podcast. I'm your host, Roar Alexander. Thank you for